It's official. Our book, Blarity Intelligence, The Missing Logic and Leadership is available for purchase in bookstores today. If you didn't pre-order a copy, please go out and get one as soon as possible. Polarities are all around us in our homes, our work environments, in our communities, and our countries, and even in us. And if you don't recognize them, understand how they work on you and around you, and don't know how to leverage them, they will haunt you. Polarities will keep showing up in your life as persistent, unsolvable problems. Having this awareness and knowledge compels us to share it with leaders like you around the world. We believe polarization we've experienced in our homes and schools and communities and even our world would shift if every leader became polarity intelligent. It is an essential competency you can't afford to overlook. Start your journey today toward becoming polarity intelligent. Get your copy of Polarity Intelligence, The Missing Logic and Leadership, wherever you get your books. Welcome to the True Leader Podcast. Today, our special guest is Dr. Margaret Wheatley, and we had an incredible conversation about leadership today and the significance of human-to-human connection. Don't want to miss this one. Welcome to the True Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Tracy Christofferson. And I'm Michelle Trosett. We are life and business besties, leadership coaches and mentors, and polarity intelligence experts. We're the authors of Polarity Intelligence, The Missing Logic and Leadership, and co-founders of Missing Logic. We are here to help high-achieving leaders break through leadership norms that cause them suffering at work and home. If you're looking to elevate your leadership, increasing your productivity, effectiveness, and impact, and manage your health and well-being, spend quality time with those you love, and live your best life, then you are in the right place. Our goal in this podcast is to equip you with new ways of thinking and practical and tactical strategies for succeeding at work and thriving in life. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of personal and professional development so you can reach your full leadership potential, create a life you love, and be what we are calling a thriving, resilient, and unstoppable or true leader. If you are ready to learn and laugh a little, let's get started. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the True Leader Podcast. This is Tracy, one of your co-hosts. And this is Michelle, the other one. Welcome, everybody. (laughs) The other one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What a phenomenal day we had today. I mean, it was amazing. It was. It was a gift. I would definitely say it was a gift for us, and it's going to be a gift for all of our listeners out there. Yes, it will. It will. And it's been a long time since we have had a conversation or been engaged with this incredible leader that we interviewed today. Yeah, decades. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's been a long time, a long, long time. Yeah, so. We follow her. And mm-hmm. We read her every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a phenomenal human being and leader and incredible interview. Yeah, it really was. It was, uh, you know, like, you know, you're getting a gift when someone like, you know, 
Meg Wheatley accepts your invitation to be a guest in your podcast, but then just to be in this container and conversation, like it felt like it was the three of us. And I'm so excited to share it with everyone because I just know, I know our listeners are going to get so much out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so introduce her. I will introduce <laughs> you to Dr. Margaret Wheatley. And she began caring about the world's people in 1966 as a Peace Corps volunteer in the post-war Korea. And as a consultant, senior level advisor, teacher, speaker, and formal leader, she has worked on all continents except Antarctica. Can you believe that? Wow. It's amazing. And she's worked with all levels, all ages, all types of organizations, leaders, and activists. And her work now focuses on developing and supporting leaders globally as warriors for the human spirit. And these leaders put service over self, stand steadfast through crisis and failures, and make a difference for the people and causes they care about. With compassion and insight, they know how to invoke people's inherent generosity, creativity, kindness, and community, no matter what's happening around them. Now, Meg has written 10 books, including the classic Leadership in the New Science, and has been honored for her pathfinding work by many professional organizations, associations, universities, and we cannot wait for you to hear this episode. Here is our interview with Dr. Meg Wheatley. Well, welcome Meg Wheatley to the True Leader Podcast. We are thrilled to have you as our guest today. We're honored. Yes, we are. Yes. So I will start out with our first burning question for you. Uh, in our work with leaders and being on the quest to create polarity, intelligent leaders everywhere, we really see such great synergies with the work Tracy and I are doing and the work you have been doing for many, many years. And uh, truth be known to our listeners, we've been following Meg's work for a long time. We've been impacted by her in many ways, especially around the significance of relationships and dialogue for leaders and creating healthy work cultures. And uh, so Meg, share with our listeners how your work um, has highlighted both, both healthy relationships and dialogue through your books and your teachings. Thank you for the question and for all of your questions that I'll answer through the lens of my work. I also want people to understand what I'm saying or validate what I'm saying through the lens of our own experience. So for many years, I've worked to encourage people to be in healthy, good relationships, because that is the, the fabric of this infinite universe. Nothing living lives alone. Nothing is visible. Now I'm going back to my first book, Leadership in the New Science. Nothing is visible until it's in relationship, even at the quantum level. Quantum subatomic particles have to collide with one another in order for their energy to be seen. So that felt like, yeah, that's interesting. And let's, let's base it on the science. But really, people, we know this. <laughs> we know this. <laughs> Think about the role of relationships in your own life. Think about the role of, I mean, it's primary, right? Your relationship mm -hmm, with your yeah. partner, with your children, with your colleagues, with reality. 
it's all about how you are in those very different situations. And each situation calls out something different from you. So one of the quotes I loved from a um, quantum theorist is, we are all bundles of potential that manifest in relationship. But my experience, so this is going back to when I published that Leadership in the New Science in 1992, it felt like, do I really have to tell you about this? <laughs> Seriously? Um, and I would, I would say it when I was speaking to corporate execs who were, of course, majority male at that point. And um, this is the nature of life, and you know this, but let's give it more import and more scientific validity by saying relationships are all there is. There's no such thing as an independent solo entity. We don't exist as individuals. Archbishop Tutu, I did a lot of work in South Africa, would say we exist in a bundle of belonging. Love that. So this is separate from dialogue, which I'll talk about in a moment. Mm -hmm. But this now is so um, distressing. It's actually terrifying to see how difficult it is to be in relationship now with one another. And mm -hmm. there's a good biological, neurobiological uh, evidence explanation for this is that when we are threatened, when we feel any kind of threat, we immediately go instantaneously back into the reptilian brain. And our only response then with the amygdala is, is aggression. Mm -hmm. For me, that's the explanation of why we're in such a disastrous a mess in our relationships with our families, with our kids, with our colleagues at work. We have mm -hmm. to become conscious and ground ourselves as human beings, not as human reptiles or animals, yeah. in order yeah. to care about one another, in order to be in interested and curious. So if I would take as a major theme of my work, it has been about all about relationships in various ways and trusting that life finds order through relationships, not through plans or control. Uh, and now, so the great distress, it's, it's actually terrifying at this point. I, I can't find strong enough adjectives these days yeah. to see how completely fractured we are as fearful at human animals rather than human beings being fully human. This is my newest phrase. Can we be human beings being fully human? For that, mm -hmm. we need to be conscious. We need to be awake. And then once we are conscious, <clears throat> and then we became, become curious about one another. And then the other person, whoever they are, is not a threat. That's a big theme. It's the only theme how I would characterize my uh, 31 years of having these books out there. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, we have certainly said relationships are all there is by Meg Wheatley so many times. <laughs> daily. Relationships are all there is the universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. It is. True. It is. Oh my gosh. Well, and what, what came up for me when you were talking, and this is comes up in our work with Polarity Intelligence, yes. because in Polarity Intelligence and when it comes to having a Polarity Mindset, when individuals are fearful, they feel what they value is threatened. Right right? They become unipolar. They hang on and they separate. They try to pull away. So a lot of, you know, I mean, that's not the only thing happening Mm -hmm. in our world, but so much of the polarization we're experiencing is a lack of consciousness that it's not either or, that so much of this is both and, and that we're better together than we are separate. And if we can Focus on the relationship and, and being human and being curious about the other perspective, recognizing we don't have to let go of our own <clears throat> to embrace somebody else's perspective. You know, so much of that has yeah. to do with so what let, you're talking about. Let's explore about. this together um, because yeah. I find great value in yeah. your uh, sponsoring, promoting, and giving people the skills for what you call polarity intelligence. This is an intelligence of how to be in relationship. Yes. Okay. Really? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it starts with not being self-protective and being curious about what else is out there beyond my own needs, beyond my own um, demands, beyond my own crazy life. What else is happening? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And when you shift into that, which you can only do when you're calmed down, when you've quieted, you're not respond, you're not reacting from fear, but you're responding from higher levels of human awareness and intelligence. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. the first action. Now I'm just telling everyone, whatever your process is, whatever you're trying to create, the very first activity, and I feel this personally, we have to calm ourselves down and we have to come together in ways where the first work is let's just settle in. Let's just enjoy food. Let's just gather together and relax. Because what we're doing in those moments is we are activating the human, human brain. So we're Mm -hmm. activating where compassion comes from, where visioning, where ideas come from. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you can present without fearfulness the concept of difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Difference is only useful when we are fully functioning in our human brains, in our frontal lobes. Because when we're back in fear, we see difference as a threat. Lots of studies have done this. So in order to invite people into an exploration of difference, which is my definition of what you're doing, you Mm -hmm. might want to add to it. Mm -hmm. But seriously, expect difference. What's it like to expect someone to have a different point of view these days? Even as I say that, I know it's a shocking concept. Really, 
because we're just defended. Like, is this person going to say something to offend me or to threaten me? And then I just don't want to be with them. Right. That's very common, but to invite people into curiosity and even a sense of wonder about each other, that's Mm -hmm. the work that you're doing. But I I do know Mm -hmm. that the first need is to settle us down so that these beautiful human brains can turn back on. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love Mm -hmm. that. I love that. You know, that curiosity that also speaks to why dialogue is so important. You know, it's giving people the skills of inquiry, listening, um, and rather than holding back or just, you know, it's such an important skill as well. Yeah. Well, we could talk about that as well, because there are conditions that make conversation and dialogue Mm -hmm. possible. And so the first condition is let's all just settle down, folks. (laughs) (laughs) But there's so much interesting research on the value of feeding people, making them comfortable through food. I was just reading Mm -hmm. again the work of Robert Sapolsky as a neurobiologist who I really admire, except now he's come out. There's no such thing as free will. And that's absolutely not true. So, um, but in some of the research, they found that when people are well-fed, they're more humane, they're more generous, they're more open. So we need Mm -hmm. to, um, it's actually a certain capacity in the brain. Um, And so all of our experience with let's invite people into a room, but give them donuts, coffee, whatever, it's really important. (laughs) I was just thinking that. It's important. (laughs) We are making them feel more generous and open. And when people are hungry, that's a stressor, right? And and they will yeah. make quick and negative decisions about the same person or the same problem. So mm-hmm. there, there's good research. All right. So no more virtual meetings. They have to be all in person with food. <laughs> or have everyone bring your food and first enjoy being together. Like, what are you eating? There we go. Yeah. 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 What do you have? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I find yeah. that fascinating. I think that's great. I think that's great. And it, I mean, yeah. it makes sense, Listen, right? It, it just makes sense. Yeah. When you invite somebody into your home, right? There's usually food and it's that sense of gathering. It's not okay, we're going to sit down and have a meeting. Right. <laughs> right. It's, a, it's the intention mm-hmm. of the connection and the purpose for gathering together, no matter what it is, yes. you can set that intention and hold that space in that way, regardless of what you're talking about or what the topic is. It's so is. important. I mean, I want mm-hmm. to stick with yeah. polarity intelligence because intelligence is the right word here. And you can only access any human intelligence when we are feeling settled, comfortable, and then we become yes. trusting, then we become open. Yes. Uh, it's not data that does that. It's not even an intent mm. to be open that does it. It's we just need to be at a different level of relaxation and presence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's mm-hmm. much, much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. that then that leads me to another thing. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, so part of being polarity intelligent, right, is one to understand what polarities are, and but it's to be in healthy relationship. Now, I was never taught 
what it was meant to be in a healthy relationship. So while relationships are everything, many of us haven't had good role models for what it is to be in a healthy relationship. What What are your thoughts about well, that? I think that's a very sad statement. I mean, I'm not sure I agree with it. Um, yeah. In different places, like the workplace, where, of course, you're focused and I'm focused. Mm-hmm. Do people have experiences of healthy relationships? Well, I have to believe that they do, but sometimes it's been submerged because of all the toxicity in the work environment or Mm -hmm. increasingly it's very hard Mm -hmm. to, um, to have the time and be interested in being in a relationship. I mean, I saw this years ago. I used I noticed it in my own work life as a leader. Someone would come to my office door and say, do you have a minute, right? What they uh-huh. really needed was like 15 minutes of deep conversation with me. But I would yeah. be baited there and I'd say, yeah, yeah, come in. Or what, what, <laughs> what is it, right? You, you know, we just right, with our right, kids right. too, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. And our yeah. Oh, yeah. So what we're saying here <laughs> applies across the board. If you want to be in a relationship and then make it healthy, you have to be willing to pay attention and give mm-hmm. time. That has mm-hmm. generally disappeared in many ways. It was already disappearing yeah. in the frantic workplace now on Zoom it's a huge issue, but there are ways of establishing relationship. What I find using Zoom all the time now is I can be in a wonderful exploration and a deeply satisfying relationship, and then we sign off, and suddenly I'm in my house again alone with my dog. You know, I hate that transition point. <laughs> you know, um, but. In order to create a healthy relationship, we're the ones, we're the agents here that mm-hmm. have to yep. be interested in that. Yes. And yeah. it, then it's simple. So when, yeah. Yeah. when my spiritual teacher says, how are you? I know she's ready to listen. Mm-hmm. I do that now with my students. And mm-hmm. we can do that with each other, that we start yeah. by really asking, so how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Most of us are too busy exactly. or we don't really care. So don't, mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. fake this. You ha- if you want healthy relationships, and God help you if you don't. That's right. It's your actions that, that you have to take yeah. the lead in that. Um, so just notice it, you know, I, you know, I've raised a lot of kids and when I discovered that, especially with teenagers, if I actually just sat down and listened to them without judging or without becoming a parent, it created some miracles in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I couldn't do that, I couldn't do it. I mean, when I ended up screaming, I ended up screaming. But I knew there was a process there. Oh my God, yes. I knew it was possible if I would find the time to just be available. So true. 
It's so true. Well, and I think that's, you know, in the principles that we have mm-hmm. used and developed over the years, starting with our work years ago, and then they've just kind of evolved as clarity intelligence has evolved for us. But intention is the first yeah. principle for both dialogue and healthy relationships. Let's so it all begins there. Let's right? talk about that because this relates to my work uh, that I know you're curious about of working mm-hmm. with yeah. citizens, activists, yes. and leaders as warriors yes. for yes. the human spirit. We have yeah. an intention to be present to learn how to be present with compassion and insight, to be less triggered, to be able to see more clearly, to act more wisely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that starts with intention, and then you have to do the work. You have to open your perception. You have to notice your triggers and want to be less triggered, even though some people deserve being triggered. Um, <laughs> it starts with a deep, you know, we could call it intention. I think it's a commitment of what do I want mm-hmm. to contribute yes. in my world, in my life. Yeah. And then there are paths forward. So, right. and intention setting is taking control of your thoughts and your habits mm-hmm. and your mind mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. desiring to do something that that's essential. Otherwise you're just blowing in the wind, right? Reacting. Mm-hmm. We all know this place now very well where you just feel bombarded by demands and deadlines and crises and illnesses. And um, like in any day, I'm I'm just experiencing it now. I'm just noticing it with my staff group, small staff. Mm-hmm. One of us is always sick. One of us always has a family crisis. One of us has a political crisis. One of us has a weather <laughs> climate crisis. You know, and this is just like I know. five people in different countries. So in order to be a stable presence and to know what centering feels like, you have to set an intention. This is who I choose to be. That's why mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My, yep. my most recent book, you know, is titled, Who Do You Choose to Be? This is where yeah. we are activating yeah. conscious choice. Yeah. Yes. And willing to no longer be a victim of all these crises and things happening to us, we decide how we're going to respond to them Mm -hmm. and then learn the Mm -hmm. skills of how do I maintain ground and center? Well, there are ways to do that, but you have to have the intention to step outside Mm -hmm. of the craziness and get yourself prepared. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I think, so for me, what comes up is it's, um, it's really inner work and outer work Definitely. as a, mm-hmm. kind of, as a polarity, right? Mm-hmm. You have to do the inner work to change your outer work, right? To, yeah, to only, show up That's the only way to do it. Thank you yep. very much. Yeah. I'm using. Yeah. Yeah. And when you do that, then the outer changes, which then helps yes. you evolve further in the yeah, inner, right? Yep. So that's it. that polarity of the both end of the inner and outer work. It doesn't, it's not all outer and we tend to just do, do, do thinking that's going to make a difference, but mm-hmm. we're just doing the same things with a different face on it, 
not changing right. the internal. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So when we choose to be someone who wants to be a calm, centered presence, who wants to be the best uh, model of what mm-hmm. a good human being, what a thoughtful human being, what a caring human being is, mm-hmm. we can only do that as inner work. Right. And then yeah. the magic of that is our outer work becomes easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really does. And yeah, it does. people like being around us. Yeah. They want, I mean, I've learned this now. I've been training people as spiritual warriors, warriors for the human spirit for eight years. And what they notice is people come up to them in their office and say, you know, I just want to sit here for a few minutes. I like being around you. Or um, <laughs> a really funny experience is one of the women who had a fairly large family in New Orleans, and they would have a family reunion every year, somewhere nice. And she would be the major organizer, planner, making sure everyone is happy. And so she just developed a different way of being, <laughs> you know, just a letting others do the work, enjoying the presence of her family. Yes. So she's sitting there with her back against a tree, just enjoying the scene of her family being together. Well, her adult son comes up and says, Mom, are you all right? <laughs> Is something wrong? You're so calm. <laughs> But this is guaranteed outcomes, how our inner work changes how we are with people, and then they really respond to that. They're attracted to us. Um, A U2 mm -hmm. lyric from the band U2 that I really love is, it says, darkness gathers around the light. Mm -hmm. So we don't shed light into the darkness. We call people to us by who we are and how delightful it is to be around a calm person, someone who's willing mm-hmm. to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. So we you all have this it, right? experience with other people. Mm-hmm. And the point of my work now is to train us, those who are willing to develop these qualities. So other people are attracted to us and we get work done. You know, there's a word in um, in Asian spiritual traditions of uh, developing easefulness. Things don't become mm. easy, but they just seem to get done. Yeah, differently. Or so you're nodding your head. So I'm expecting uh-huh. you have mm-hmm. stories to share in this regard. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> well, you know. Um, even as entrepreneurs, right? When you and you, of course, you've owned your own work for a long time. But it's we've learned that the more we honor our partnership and our gifts, the easier the work gets. And sometimes it's hard work because you're trying to achieve major goals and you have a lot of things going on. And um, so, just Tracy and I just recently came together. We took that time. We went away for a retreat in a cabin, just the two of us. Got recentered, regrounded. And we could feel it. And this week's been so easy (laughs) to your point. You know, we have, even when you have the best of intentions, 
We're all still human. We all have to remind ourselves. That's right. All right, let's take a step back. Let's go in. Let's be together before we come back out again. And um, things do feel easier, get easier. So that's why I was smiling and nodding my head. Well, I'm- well, and I think things are easy. We make them hard. <laughs> or, <laughs> right? Like- <laughs> or with a calm, open, and centered yeah. mind, you, and this relates directly back to your own work with polarity intelligence, yeah. you see more. Yes. So you don't chase false paths. Um, you yes. see more. And so you can make a better judgment of what mm-hmm. to do. And I just want mm-hmm. to encourage you both mm-hmm. to, you don't have to go off to a cabin, but once a month, you should take three hours some morning once a month and do what you did yeah. in those, in that cabin. Yeah. We all need yeah. this. We all need this. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And one of the things that we do try to do, but we don't like, I, I think it's good to do it outside of your day-to-day environment, you like to. changing. You you know, you have to get someplace that's different because your energy's all tied up in a certain way in your work environment, exactly. right? But we do have, we have what we call once a month, we do same page meetings. So we just talk about how we're feeling, Great. what we're experiencing, like really trying to connect mm-hmm. at how is our partnership going? Is there anything I'm doing that's driving you up the wall? <laughs> you know, what do we Great. need to address? Anything we need to like, just trying to continue us. And we do that with our, um, with our other, our uh, chief operating officer that works with us as well. So three of us, because we're the triad of the company, right? Mm-hmm. And just really trying to maintain that relationship first. And then the work comes after that, you know. And the work flows after that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Flows. Yeah. 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 It does. It does. You're right. Wonderful. Yeah. So you call so it lucky. same page. I like that. Same page. Yeah. yeah. Same page. well tell us a little bit tell our listeners a little bit about just a few of the things that you do to help leaders you know see more clearly Mm -hmm. and act more wisely what are some things that you really train leaders to do in that regard yeah well it's training so it's repetitive practice that's required it's not just giving a keynote and saying do this do that or it's not even just writing a book that's my most recent book, which will be out in March. Oh, I want to tell you yeah. the title, but it's very practice oriented. So it's called Restoring Sanity Practices mm. to Awaken Generosity, Creativity, and Kindness in Ourselves oh. and Our Organizations. Oh, so lovely. these are practices. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> to open our perception so we notice mm-hmm. more. So we Mm -hmm. don't just think we understand a situation or I understand a person. So I give many practices for that. These are things that you can do on your own. But again, you have to have a strong Mm -hmm. intention. Yes, I want to develop more clear seeing. One of the practices that I find delights people is just... um, called seeing the familiar with new eyes and the practice is quite simply everyone could try this take a room that you think you know you go in and out of Mm -hmm. a lot in your home it could be your bedroom your kitchen um your bathroom and try every time you enter that room to notice something that you have failed to notice Mm 
just mm-hmm. notice something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it's fun to do it with a room, but it's really wonderful to do it with a person. So you're standing in front of someone, you may be having an argument <laughs> uh, with your partner, and you just take a moment to retreat from that and just step back in your mind and notice something like, oh, he's wearing that shirt. I don't think he's worn that shirt for a long time. Or um, I never noticed one earlobe is longer than the other or something. What you're doing there is you're taking control of your mind, first of all, and you're withdrawing from this intensity, which never leads anywhere good, right? And then in just in that stepping back and being willing to notice something new, you've awakened a higher level of awareness. And it certainly changes our relationships Uh to start to notice something new. So that's one practice for just awakening our perceptions and taking in more information. And um, it's very simple and it has great benefit. (laughs) Then we also, you know, I have practices for noticing what triggers me predictably. When do I get angry or upset? In which situations? The minute you name it, you're creating the possibility that you will not be triggered the next time. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have people actually catalog their triggers and then decide, Mm -hmm. so which one is important for me to notice? And then you get into the awareness of noticing when you've been triggered. And what does that mean? It's noticing when you're getting angry or tense or your body's clenching somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's not a useful place to be if you want to make a difference in Mm -hmm. situations. So I noticed a long time ago that when I got triggered in uh, conversations with other, experts i really wanted to teach them something i would notice or i was very defensive i would notice i would start to get closer to them i would lean in we call it now but it was not a good thing (laughs) that's not what we mean by leaning into something i was about to get them it was an act of aggression it was a movement of aggression Mm -hmm. so i taught myself to notice that and to force myself to sit back and just pause for a moment. These practices are very simple and they have great benefit, but you have to be committed to doing them. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would just rather stay angry rather than mm-hmm. find a way to be in a conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I use the quote by Elizabeth Warren that I just adore. She said, if you're not at the table, you're probably on the menu. and so the reason we want to get over being triggered in work situations Mm -hmm. political situations is because we want to be at that table and we're not useful to our cause or our team or our work by getting angry i mean you know so it's Mm -hmm. a commitment Mm -hmm. to want to be useful and effective and to do that we really have to get past what what triggers us, what makes us angry or feel instantly yeah. powerless or emotional. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So that's part of the training. And I've put all of this into a book now because I want more and more people to be effective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I've been doing a lot of that trigger cataloging recently. Um, And I, and and so for what this really is, it's being in relationship with yourself. Right. It's deepening your relationship with yourself and it's relationship with self and then relationship with others. Right. And it's a both and you have to have both. But the stronger you are in relationship to yourself and understanding who you are in your triggers, the more easily and readily you can be with others in a different way. Right. And it's just so much of this is subconscious. So much of it comes from places we don't even know, right? We have no idea why we get triggered. We just like all of a sudden, boom, there it is. And it's automatic, right? So I've really been becoming a student of that and just writing down as soon as I feel it, I write it down, right? I'm feeling this. This is what's happening. Then I go back and think about you know, then I reflect on it later yeah. about, okay, let's, let's peel back the onion, right? Like, let's figure out where in the world is this coming from, right? Because, and it's helping me to have more appreciation for who I am and more compassion that's, for myself. That's right. That I'm just a human being. I'm, you're doing, the I'm not, you can, but you can <laughs> exactly. You can do better. Ex- oh yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And everybody else knows I can do better too, <laughs> but that's okay. Right. That's okay. But it starts with me yeah. and I can't do better until I'm willing the, to be intentional great, about that. The great Buddhist, great Zen teacher, I forget which one it was, would say to his students, you know, you are all perfect. That's our basic way of nature. We're all mm-hmm. perfect. Yep. He said, but you need a little work. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, so great. Love that. Uh, so and I, I want to give you a different process here. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to understand all your triggers. Um, because that's kind of dangerous. It takes you into a level of self-inquiry that can end up being a waste of time. Mm-hmm. The The practice that I was taught and now I teach is mm-hmm. you notice your reaction mm-hmm. and then you just choose a different response. You just yeah. choose a fresh alternative to that. You don't go back in time and analyze any of it. You just want to be different in this situation. And so mm-hmm. you just notice it and you choose a different action mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. way of responding. And then either that's healthy or not, it doesn't really matter. You keep that it's a level of awareness. So you're already with the level yeah. of awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And instead yeah. of, reflecting on why i mean that's what leads us backwards into our memories mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what we really are interested in is being more effective in the moment i don't have to notice why a supercilious englishman of the upper class just instantly boom i'm ready to fight you know I don't have to know why. I just have to notice it when I was working in England quite a lot. I just have to notice it and then choose different way of responding. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it may be calling them on bad behavior. 
Sometimes mm-hmm. it may just be ignoring them. Sometimes mm-hmm. it may be leaving the room and getting myself together. But the, mm-hmm. the action, the first act is to notice it and notice want it. to stay in that situation mm-hmm. and not be triggered, not be a victim of your own reactivity. Right. Yeah. Right. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love your book being of just practical advice as well. And not just theory, that was one of the things when we wrote polarity intelligence, we were very yeah, much intentional about, we wanted it to be like a playbook for people almost like with, you know, examples and how this shows up in different situations and not all yes. theory. So I really appreciate that. Appreciate that about mm-hmm. your work as well. well. And, I, and even yeah. even your website. I said to Tracy, your website is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of re- it's meant wonderful to be resources. A, a resource yeah. for mm-hmm. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about this. You mentioned warriors of the human spirit, and you've been it's doing this warriors for, for the human spirit for the human. Very spirit. important. Thank you. Prepositional shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. What does it mean to be a warrior? It means, first of all, it's a, an historic role. Okay. So all of my work has firm historic foundations now, learning from what's happened before, especially around this realization of civilizations have life cycles and we're at the end of our life cycle. Um, that's in who do we choose to be in great detail and in my podcasts that are up on my website. Mm-hmm. When institutions are imploding from their own bureaucratic weight and their inefficiencies, I'm thinking healthcare now, I'm thinking public yep. education, I'm thinking yes. the military, I'm thinking Congress, yes. I'm thinking yes. every major institutional form no longer serves us, no longer serves people or society. However, mm-hmm. that is normal in the last stage of a civilization. What's mm-hmm. also normal is people worship celebrities, sports heroes, musicians. Mm-hmm. What's also normal is the elites don't give a damn about people and they take everything for themselves. So greed and power and arrogance predominate in the workings of the of the governments and businesses. People sink into um, narcissism, frivolity, entertainment, distraction, um, and do worship these celebrities. Sexuality becomes over the top, uh, ugly and dehumanizing, um, and people retreat in fear and internal conflicts increase to the extent that no one can really notice the real threat, the real enemy. In the past, it might have been hordes of barbarians at the gates coming in to sack Rome or Genghis Khan destroying a great deal of Asia. Um, 
But for us, the enemy that we fail to pay attention to is definitely climate. And now we're just dealing with all of that with no, no possibility of changing the trajectory the planet is on because it's following its own laws. Okay. So given that time, which is incredibly depressing, but I wanted to normalize those things because they happen in every civilization Mm -hmm. in its last stages, no matter whether it's Incan or Roman or Byzantium or Egyptian or Chinese or other Asian empires, we all follow the same pattern. So the important part of this pattern for me is first to recognize it, yes. So we're not fighting against it, we're recognizing it. And then we are finding a path of contribution. The historic role of being a warrior for the human spirit, it wasn't called that, mm-hmm. but is it occurs among a few brave people who, in the words of the historian John Glove, are willing to raise the banner of of duty and honor against the depravity and despair of their time. And they realize that it's only through self-sacrifice that community can be preserved. That's a warrior for the human spirit. So Mm. as I've defined it, um, we are people who are willing to make a strong commitment and dedicate ourselves to preserving community wherever Mm -hmm. we can against this unstoppable flood of violence and mean-spiritedness and elites taking everything for themselves and not caring at all about consequences for billions of people. And it's a noble role. It gives real Mm -hmm. depth and meaning to being a leader Mm -hmm. or being a citizen, Mm -hmm. or being a parent, because you want to really embody the best qualities of being human in the midst of everything else going to hell around us. And it's possible. It just takes commitment. It takes training, as I Mm -hmm. described a few practices, training your mind, and it also takes community. Mm -hmm. We have to be together in this. But we're always a small group. This is not a mass movement ever. The masses don't change. But the, those who are willing to be warriors, it's a historic role, our only two weapons are compassion and insight. Uh, yeah. And we develop those skills. And then it is so rewarding. It's so rewarding. It's so meaningful. Just to be there for other people (laughs) as a presence. It's so meaningful to really have the courage to try and change something in your community or in your environment. Mm -hmm. But we're always only a few people who are willing to do this. And the rest retreat behind ever-growing LED TV screens and more and more entertainment. This just always happens, except people didn't have those giant screens. I think I'm saying this because one of my stepsons just bought a (laughs) nine-foot 
<laughs> you know, home theaters are big if you can afford them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's numbing out, right? Mm-hmm. And numbing out just and stepping away. Yeah. Drawing. Yeah, self-protection. Exactly. I actually honor it. I yeah. respect it. Yeah. But for those right. who want a different meaning for their life work and a different mm-hmm. way to contribute, this is why there is why I created this training. Yeah. And this this your work is global, isn't it, Meg? Don't yes, you connect with leaders from all over and people from all it's over? It's global and it's predominantly yeah. women who respond mm. to the to become a warrior and I love mm-hmm. that I love that mm-hmm. yeah yeah when my staff at the very beginning said well like it's like 65 percent women I said great <laughs> <laughs> powerful well and you know powerful. so many people are commenting we need more of the divine feminine in leadership yeah need more women yes. leaders but that's not the solution they have to be tuned in yeah. to yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we've been overemphasized on the masculine energy. Well, it's where we are. Right. So it's where we are. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We're on the downside of the masculine energy being predominant and not enough of the feminine divine energy coming forth. That's and right. So that's a, just another polarity yep, in our is. world that has to be balanced and leveraged more. Yes. Um, yeah. So true. So true. Well, we both love your book, Perseverance. And I tell you, I, I read, I read a page every night, at least one before I go to bed and just do some reflection on it. And, um, it's just, you know, it's, I just love it. I just love it. It just really, I'm very glad to hear that. And on my website, there is a sign up, um, I think we may have given you this information where you can sign up for 14 weeks every Sunday night. You'll receive two pages from the book to keep you going that week. So, and we're starting to, I've had that for many years now, but I'm really focused on letting people know it's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure we have that in our show notes. And yeah. and I think, you know, we certainly hope that our work and life are contributing to making things better mm-hmm. uh, for leaders and workplaces. Right. And we've just learned a lot about perseverance <laughs> over the years, you know. Oh, my gosh. Right. And starting a business and running a business and developing, you know, new Programs. concepts. And it's just programs so you and, remember yeah. that the chinese character for perseverance is a human heart over which there is a knife yes and that's what yes. it takes we're always at risk yep. but the other interpretation i give to that chinese ideograph is that in doing the work of our heart we're also willing to have our heart cut open and grow yeah. and expand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. it's filled with risk. Yes, and then oh, I'm sure yes. you've arrived at the point of well, we couldn't not do this, right? You had to. Do oh, it. oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> you have to. That's yeah. It's a mission, deal. right? It's mm-hmm. yeah. It yeah. definitely it's a, is. It's, 
yeah, it's a mission mm-hmm. and there, there's no option. Exactly. It's not, there's just, just no other option. Right. No, and uh, so you just keep taking the next step and doing the next thing that you think and is the dealing next with the next to do upset and, crisis. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah, what are yeah. we learning? And that's what, what are we we're learning. All, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think what we're all trying to do. Right? But look what you've created. Pers- look what you've created. Yes. Let's give you some real credit here in honoring that you've stayed the course, you've mm-hmm. learned a lot, you've kept going, and now you have a real yeah. resource, a real gift to give to people. Yeah. 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 yeah it's we're excited about that. Yeah. yeah. And that's real blessing, yeah. right? When yes. our work right. takes form and then is useful yeah. to other people. That's wonderful. Yeah. 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 For sure. It sure For is. Sure. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to say about perseverance before we no, just wrap up this incredible conversation? Just, yeah, just get the book. That's <laughs> right. It's awesome. The path of perseverance is filled with risk and it has to be have this fundamental motivation of the same with warriorship. I want mm-hmm. to serve. I want to find That's a way right to here. be useful mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that well, I need to get over, I need to deal with anger, grief, all these strong emotions. This is what's in perseverance. I have to be able to deal Mm -hmm. with stupidity. I have to be able to deal with despair and failure and success and joy. Um, Mm -hmm. These are the richness of the human experience. And they're Mm -hmm. only really meaningful if the work that we're doing is meaningful to us. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so it's just perseverance as a book is just meant to support our practice day to day as we do the work that we feel is ours to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Provides a lot of insight, I think. And it's such a great book to, for self-reflection. So thank you again for that gift, Meg. You're You're welcome. welcome. Yeah. 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 The gifts that keep on giving. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. (laughs) We're all about those. Uh, all right. So now we're going to ask you two mystery questions. Yeah, this is I'm a excited. Fun part of our podcast. I'll ask the first one and then Tracy will ask the second one and then we'll wrap up our amazing time with you. So I'm curious, seeing how food is such an important part of communities, what is one of your favorite foods to share with your community? I think it would be ice cream. <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. <laughs> no doubt. And I have so many grandchildren um, that are benefiting from that favorite. <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah, it would definitely be ice cream. Ice cream. What's your favorite kind of ice cream? Do you have one? It varies. Okay. Yeah, it's the whole feeling of texture and flavor. But I do have to admit, in my moments of highest stress, it has to be chocolate ice cream. Okay. (laughs) Calm you down, right? Chill you out. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. All right. Now, I'm going to ask you something. You might have to think back on this one. Okay. But having recently, uh, well, within the last year, finished my dissertation, there were many ups and downs in that journey. And I just wondered if you had 
if there are any like pivotal moments that stood out in your journey to in your dissertation journey that were either like, you know, just that pivotal point where you either went forward or you didn't. <laughs> well, I feel that about every book that I write now. Oh, oh yeah. Much more. I mean, I wrote my dissertation between 77. I got my degree in 79. So what I feel is more relevant to this question is I'll, I'll get fully engaged in a book. I never write books until they tell me they're waiting for me to be the author of it. This has worked beautifully for me, and I recommend it to everyone who's saying, oh, I really should write a book. I always ask, has the book asked you? You know, dissertation is completely different than this. You just have to play the game. But, but even when I feel, okay, I'm writing the book that I've been directed to write, I'll get into places where I just think, I can't pull this off. I can't do it. I, I don't know why I started it. And I'm just putting it down and walking away from it. And then the book calls me right back. But those moments of rejection, denial, insecurity, incompetence, I can name them for every single book I've written. And it's like, yeah. this is too hard. This is too challenging. This is too whatever. <laughs> I'm not up to this task. And as a result, because I stay with it, Every one of my books is different mm-hmm. and they are. more and more creative, mm-hmm. I think, in expression. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have 12 mm-hmm. books now. Wow. Yeah, I so, know. That's amazing. All right, Tracy, we got 11 more to go. <laughs> <laughs> 11 more. 11 more to go. Okay. How about a 11 dozen, more. a baker's dozen, maybe. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thanks for that. But that there's something great. in Perfect. this that's generalizable not to people who are writing books, but to how we experience our challenges. Like, mm-hmm. If you yes. do feel blessed by grace, by recognizing mm-hmm. that I'm not doing this alone, I either have access through prayer or meditation mm-hmm. or focus, that, mm-hmm. that other energies are working with me. I really yeah. want us to notice this in our lives now. Um, yeah. One of the quotes, which I won't get right right now, but it's from Annie Lamott, who writes brilliantly on oh, spiritual things. She said, grace mm-hmm. is we never know where it comes from or even what it is, but we know it when we receive it. We know what it feels mm-hmm. like. And so for me, it's always for all of us. but Let's get beyond the fear and let's get Mm -hmm. beyond the loneliness even of thinking, well, I have to do this and it's all up to me and I'm not confident to do it. So again, it's just relaxing into places where you can feel and know that you've been guided, you've been supported, you've been helped. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. I, I, more and more, I think this is essential. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I do too. We do too. Yeah. Oh, we could talk to you all day. (laughs) (laughs) That would be fun. Yeah, it really would be. And, you know, thank you so much for joining us, Meg. It's just, 
you know, it's one of those things, ask and you'll receive. <laughs> like, okay, I think it's time to ask Meg Wheatley to be on our podcast. And she said, yes. So you always ask and you'll receive. So thank you so much. Yeah. I know and I just want to say again that the work that you're doing and mm-hmm. with this book now, that's a real contribution. And it's a real way of focusing and making available all your many years of experience and caring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thank you thank for that you. book. Thank well, you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you Thanks very so much, much for being here. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And for all of our listeners out there, thank you so much. We love you all. We appreciate your support and listening to us. And if you found today's podcast conversation with Meg is enlightening and inspirational as we did, share it with others. And uh, please take a time out to make a review in our podcast. It really means a lot to Tracy and I. It just helps get the word out of what we're trying to do to help true leaders and bring polarity intelligence to the world. And if you like to watch us, on a video, check us out on our YouTube channel as well. In the meantime, stay safe and healthy and we'll see you next time. See you next time.